All right, well, Matt, so here with Clay Ferrer, your latest Miami Sports Pod. Uh, Clay, and then we continue to discuss what we we didn't know we were going to still be talking about two weeks later, and that's the head coaching search for the Miami Dolphins. Narrowed down this weekend by the Giants hiring Brian Dable, who seemed to be uh, the favorite, if you want to call it, uh, from the outside as for who could be a good fit in Miami. But as it stands now, we're really down to the final couple of Mike McDaniel, the offensive coordinator for the 49ers, or Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, both uh, reported to be meeting again with the Dolphins in this upcoming week. Clay, where it stands now, what has changed for you? What are you thinking about where the Dolphins may go with this decision? I, I guess I'm not sold 100% that those are the only two still in play. And, you know, I, I go back to what Stephen Ross said at his news conference. He said, well, I'm not going to be the one to take Jim Harbaugh away from Michigan. Mm -hmm. Well, Jim Harbaugh seems to want to leave Michigan regardless. Yeah, and, there's the Vikings rumor has heated up already that he is going to speak or the Vikings are looking to speak to him. And initially it was that he wanted to go to the Raiders, but the Raiders didn't want him because the Raiders, and by the way, props to the Raiders and the, and the Giants as well for executing a vision of hiring a GM who hired a coach. And you could tell mm. there was lockstep there that clearly a shared vision. Yeah, It just makes me wonder that now that it's pretty clear that Jim Harbaugh wants to go to the NFL, and if the Raiders aren't going to take him and he's starting to look at other teams and we know that Stephen Ross has wanted him forever, why wouldn't you circle back if you know he's going to leave anyway? And, and by the way, Will, I don't know that this wasn't necessarily what they wouldn't have wanted all along, which would be to be able to circle back yeah. and not be the bad guy that took him away from, from Michigan, let the rumors circulate, let him get interest from, from other teams and then maybe come back. So, I'm still not burying that one yet, mm -hmm. but I, I do think that I, I'll say I've done a 180 on this stuff. I've, I've always felt like I, I never liked the idea that you go after the hot young offensive coordinator because you can't replicate Sean McVay. But just look at the four teams that were playing on championship weekend. Yeah. And they all three of them had the hot young offensive coordinator and, and two of them, by the way, didn't do it with elite quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford and Jimmy Garoppolo are not elite quarterbacks. And See, I think Stafford has elevated himself to that. I just think he got washed away in Detroit. But I maybe, get what you're saying. I get I, I what just, you're saying. But but point being, I think there is there is reason now to I think look at and say it's not just McVay who has succeeded. It's Zach Taylor. It's Kyle Shanahan who look. I think we knew what he could do already mm -hmm. in Atlanta. And we saw him do it a couple of years ago in San Francisco. You know, when you see these guys go, and it's it's not just the guys who were still playing. I mean, I, I do think that, you know, you look at Arizona and what's happened there with Kingsbury. And so maybe now there is some more stock that you put into getting a Kellen Moore or a, uh, you know, a Dable going, even though Dable wasn't young, going out of the Giants, but getting yeah. a Kellen Moore, getting a Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. And I think that's where – And figuring it out. I think that's where we have to start because I want to get back to Harbaugh. I don't – like you, you know, when, when Stephen Ross made the I'm not going to be the one to take Jim Harbaugh away from Michigan comment, and he kind of put that to rest, we knew he didn't put it to rest because he, he didn't flat out say, I am not going to hire Jim Harbaugh. That's different than I am not going to take Jim Harbaugh away from Michigan because if Michigan – if Jim Harbaugh decides Michigan is not for him, he's taking himself out of Michigan, not Stephen Ross or anyone that hires Jim Harbaugh. So Jim Harbaugh comes out or he he makes clear to teams, hey, I'm leaving Michigan. I want a head coaching job. Then it's not Stephen Ross who takes him away because if Stephen Ross bypasses Jim Harbaugh in this case, he's going to go either the Vikings or another open job that he feels 
compelled to go after. Again, the report right now is about Harbaugh getting interest in the Vikings. Doesn't mean that he's going to get hired there. Doesn't mean he's even going to interview there. It's just that there's there's interest there. So let's start with, the I think, the main two candidates left. Dable, if he was 1A, then 1B and 1C are Mike McDaniel and Kellen Moore, each with pros and cons, each very young. So I want to start with Mike McDaniel because he is the hot shot guy. He's the guy we've seen through the playoffs with his 49ers team. He is the guy that that I think interests a lot of Dolphins fans. I am intrigued by Mike McDaniel. And, you know, everybody jokes with the memes that he's kind of the nerdy guy and he's, you know, he's a Yale-educated guy. And, and, and people laugh at that, the look of him and, you know, kind of this young, hippie kind of look. But if you look at the track record, he's comes well-respected. He's very intelligent. Obviously, again, I mentioned the Yale background. He's worked his way up from – I read a little bit of his story. He was a ball boy at hmm. 10, 11 years old with the Denver Broncos, then worked his way to be an intern, and now worked his way to be with the 49ers for years as a pass game coordinator, run game, and all these different things, to now his first year as offensive coordinator. The pro is he's smart, he's likable, he's personable, he – loves the game. It is his passion. It has been his dream again since he was 10 years old to have this opportunity. But I think the real question lies is, Clay, there's goals, there's dreams, there's reality. Is a first-year offensive coordinator ready to be the leader of a team, a leader of men, of 53 personalities in a locker room to coordinate not just the offense, but everything that goes into an organization? Oh, by the way, collaborate with your GM, Chris Greer, who we saw the issues he had with Brian Flores. Is he ready for that step? I think that's a fair, logical question as people sit here and say he's the hot candidate. Well, and let's take this a step further and compare him to Brian Flores in this respect. He's only really worked in one organization. So that that ability to build a staff immediately becomes a bit of a concern. Now, with that said, if you're able to hire him and keep Josh Boyer and, and a lot of the defensive assistants that you think very highly of, then it's a little different. And, and you're not worrying as much about compiling a staff now what we don't know is if that's even possible and, and and are those parts of the talks the thing about hiring a head coach will is that so much of of what you look for in a head coach it's not stuff that we on the outside can see we can't really we can't decide we can't determine if a guy is a good leader of men we can't and especially somebody like mike mcdaniel because i'm going to add one more thing to this Kyle Shanahan is the guy who drives that offense. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that Mike McDaniel isn't a, a really bright young offensive mind. But, man, as a Saints fan, I've been watching Kyle Shanahan do this all the way going back to when he was in Atlanta. And he, to me, was the singular reason why the Atlanta Falcons were such a dominant force that year that they got to the Super Bowl. And so, like, I, I have a hard time distinguishing what it is that he does and what it is that Kyle Shanahan does in mm-hmm. San Francisco with that offense. So then it goes to, okay – can he compile a staff? Is he a good leader of men? And those are the things that will, like, we could sit here and 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 go back and forth for for weeks. We simply do not know. No, we don't We're know not the around answer. the guy. And and I I don't think anybody who is not in the 49ers facility could give you a good answer on that. And that's why hiring a coach is such a crapshoot. And I think the thing with McDaniel is again, I go back to his resume. It's impressive. He obviously is knowledgeable, respected, loves the games, knows the game, innovated on offense. I think to your point, though, is the unknown, right, is an unknown to us, too, with Stephen Ross. Stephen Ross, in the little bit we heard from him after the fire and Brian Flores said, 
We want, we can't be successful. An organization, I believe, can't be successful unless there's a collaborative effort, unless there's an alignment, right? Which means with the general manager, Chris Greer. Well, the question with Mike McDaniel becomes not necessarily can he align. You figure that if the meetings go well, that okay, they'll have the same vision. But how much are you hiring Mike McDaniel to fix Tua or improve Tua and improve your offense or lead your team? And that is, I think, the tough situation to figure out because Mike McDaniel clearly, clearly on paper and in theory will help the Dolphins offense, will bring the Dolphins offense forward and Tua moving forward. But can he do that for an entire team? That is where, as Stephen Ross, in my mind, you look at it and say, well, what's more important? Because obviously the team and what happens with this team is, to me, more important than just fixing the offense. And, and let me let me correct myself, because I, I was mistaken about his previous stops. I mean, he, he does have plenty of experience, and he actually worked with Shanahan in Atlanta, and it appears he also worked with him in Washington. So, you know, again, I – I erred in that. So so take that part out of it. At least you have somebody who, unlike Flores, has worked yeah. in a number of different organizations. So building a staff wouldn't be as big of a question. Now, with that said, he wasn't a coordinator of those players. Well, it's still, so by the way, it's it's a, not to, I still want you to continue, but it is a question, right. though, because so, just because sure, you've worked sure. with people doesn't mean you can hire, again, whether he keeps the defensive staff in place or whatever he decides to do. We saw the, the issues with coaching hires with Brian Flores. I'm not saying it'll happen with McDaniel, but it's a concern. Yeah, and for me, that was part of the selling point with Dable. It's that not only has he been an assistant elsewhere, but he's been offensive coordinator mm-hmm. at, 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 for a long, long time. And so you know that he's gone against other defensive minds in practice. And so when you're filling out a defensive staff, so uh, it is still a question mark. It's one that I definitely have about Kellen Moore and, and maybe more pointed uh, yeah. towards it being about Kellen Moore. But yeah, I mean, look, if you're committed to Tua Tungabayaloa, you have to bring in somebody who is going to fix him. And I'm sorry, like yeah. you can't, I, I know that like you say, fix him. You're going to have a lot of people who are going to going to question and say, oh, well, what's wrong with him? There's nothing wrong. You got to just get a better offensive line. You got to get a better, a better set of weapons around him. Like, no, man, he still has these moments where you're like, what are you doing? And, mm-hmm. and some of the decision-making and look, I, I still think that, I don't think the arm strength is as prohibitive as some may feel, like that you can't get there with him. But the arm strength still is enough of a question mark that unless and until you get everything else as close to perfect as you can and you have somebody who can come in and design an offense around what he does well, then you still have questions about whether or not he can be, even in a perfect situation, an elite franchise type quarterback that can get you to a championship weekend and to a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think especially you look at some of the other hires that have been made, Brian Dable ultimately going to to the Giants. Well, I mean, they came out flat out the other day, Shane, and said, look, we're we're committed to, to Daniel Jones and we're hiring Brian Dable to work with Daniel Jones. And mm-hmm. so if you don't have that elite guy, then you do need to find somebody who you think can work with the quarterback that you have until you can get an elite guy. And and that's where, if you're the Dolphins front office, you have to find out, does this guy have a vision to come in here and work with Tua and make him the quarterback that we believe he is, and we are putting our jobs on the line because we believe that he can be. Yeah, and that's where I think McDaniel is. You know, He's innovative, man. I, I like a lot of what I see in what they run. You mentioned Kyle Shanahan, the connection with that. But I would be intrigued to have a Mike McDaniel work with Tua. At same way, I would have been intrigued with Brian Dable. Same way, and we'll get to Kellen Moore in a moment. I think any offensive mind, anybody who's innovative, creative, is a little bit more progressive in the way he works offense with Tua is 
a good connection. With this offense, is a good connection. The problem is, again, that's almost in the perspective of an offensive coordinator. Right. You're talking right. about a guy who's been an offensive coordinator for one season. One season. And I, as much as I like him, there is a real risk in hiring a young guy who's had one season. Now, I will say this, the flip side to all this, Clay, is the Dolphins have done this with Steven Ross as the leader in a multitude of ways, right? You've had the GM and the coach and the changes, and the, and you've had the the assistant guru, you know, the guy that worked with Peyton Manning and Adam Gase. You had the Joe Philbin working in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, the constant change has led to the same result. Right. So – Taking another chance on an offensive guy and a young guy like this, to me, like if they could have in a perfect world, probably Dable would have been one A, right? I think you and I agree with that because he has had a little bit more of a resume, because he has gotten a chance to make mistakes elsewhere and kind of learn from them. The one thing I was impressed with Dable that we that we just don't know from McDaniel is that Dable's had issues in the NFL as far as learning curves over the years. Mm-hmm. And, it stops that he made with Cleveland, even in Miami, where maybe there were questions about how good he can be. But we've seen in the last three or four years in Buffalo how much he really changed and learned. And having Josh Allen is a big help as well. But in McDaniel, we haven't. You know, we've seen the innovation. We've seen a guy who's, again, bright and articulate and fun and likable. But you would hate to hire the guy. And then those mistakes that you have to learn from occur on the job and which we know lead normally to a coach failing. So that's the risk with him, but I understand the fa- the fact the 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 interest in him, you know, some fans are just have this thing where he's the guy. I understand that because I think he'd be good for Tua. I wish it was more so offensive coordinator than pinning the head coaching job on him. But mm-hmm. this is the world we live in. Look, Sean McVay and this tree that he has and all these changes I mean, this is what the NFL has become. It's no longer about, you know, hey, go out and get the Vance Joseph or the Leslie Frazier or the or the guys that are out there that are, that are the retread coaches that are maybe getting another shot at this. It's get the hot coordinator that can maybe change it. And while it hasn't worked for the Dolphins yet, I do see where they feel like this, hey, this is the time to do it and, and give a chance because we have committed ourselves to a young quarterback. Now, with Kellen Moore, as we were doing research for this pod, Clay, I had to do a double take. Kellen Moore is 33 years old. Now, he has been the offensive coordinator in Dallas since 2019. He's gotten to work with Dak Prescott. He's got to work with a great offensive line. He is a former quarterback who played in the NFL as a backup for the Cowboys. He had success in college as well as a successful college quarterback. The resume is impressive. But again, 33 years old, you're going to hand the keys to your franchise. It's a little scary. It's a little scary when you think about it. Yeah, and to me, I I don't even know that I would have him in the top five list. And and again, I mean, they're, this they're is meeting with, with him again. They're meeting with him again. It sounds the, like. Uh, yeah, and this is where like us on the outside, we can only judge based on what we look at with the resume. And my biggest problem with him is we haven't seen him do it with a quarterback that isn't Dak Prescott. You know, with Brian Dable, you had Josh Allen. And one of the things that we talked about is that he's not going to bring Josh Allen wherever he went. The reason why I would have been really optimistic if I were a Dolphins fan, if we had hired Dable, it would have been because Dable has worked with a quarterback at the level of Josh Allen. And yeah. he would have seen something in Tua that he would have been like, yeah, I can work with that. I'm going to make that work. With Kellen Moore, he's worked with Dak Prescott and Dak Prescott alone. Mike McDaniel, on the other hand, is somebody who's, again, in lockstep with Kyle Shanahan, but at the same time, he's found ways to make it work with Jimmy Garoppolo. And and honestly, Will, like, I joked about this, but sometimes I feel like 
Tua can be at times like left-handed Jimmy G. And obviously it's much earlier in, in, in Tua's career. And there's a lot more time for him to fix the stuff that, that he tends to, to do wrong in games. But much like Jimmy Garoppolo, Tua can have a couple of, of just mind-bending mistakes during games. Mike McDaniel has found a way to work with that. And so and you don't think Kellen Moore could? You don't think Kellen Moore He could, could, but I haven't seen him do it. And that's where I'm like, and I, I'm not saying Doc, Dak Prescott is, a, is, you know, quite on the level of a Josh Allen, a Patrick Mahomes, and, and the elite, elite quarterbacks in the league, but he's a really, really good one. And he's a guy who can erase a lot of mistakes. And so for a coordinator that I haven't seen do it elsewhere, uh, for, for him to just have the success with a Dak Prescott, Whereas I can see Mike McDaniel having the se- success with a Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. and also having a, a deeper pool of experience working a number of different places. I would, if I'm choosing between the two of them, yeah. it's McDaniel and it's not close. Yeah, I, I will agree with you on that. If you're telling me the finalists that you want to go offense and you want to ch- uh, fix this offense, you want to help to uh, advance and you give me McDaniel and Kellen Moore, the pros and cons are this. We talked about the cons of McDaniel first-year offensive coordinator. The resume isn't quite as impressive as Kellen Moore, who, while younger than McDaniel, has been an offensive coordinator since 2019, has gotten to work with, obviously, a very talented quarterback and offensive line, which is helpful, which is what you hope you can get in Miami at some point, whether that quarterback is Tua that that grows and you put good pieces around them or whatever the case may be. But Kellen Moore has the experience advantage over McDaniel in that sense as a coordinator. But – if you're putting them side by side, as you just mentioned, I will take McDaniel because if you're going to go the young, so-called inexperienced chance, right? I want the guy that's seen more of the innovator. And I think in from what you from what you see, Mike McDaniel's probably a little more innovative in the way he does things. The Cowboys, while they are a progressive offense, in a lot of ways, they're a more straightforward offense in yes. what they do. And yes. part of it is personnel. Listen, you can only do with what you have. I get it. But I feel like Kellen Moore works to the strengths of Dak Prescott and having a successful offensive line and Zeke Elliott. Look, that, you know, Pollard, they've got Lamb. They've got weapons. Amari you know, Cooper. Got, I, Amari I mean, Cooper. look, when you're, when you're naming weapons and Amari Cooper is that far down the list, and, and I understand yeah. what, it tells you what they have there. Look at – and look, San Francisco has a ridiculous number of weapons too. I, I think they're – I mean, Kittle is ridiculous. But, yeah, Debo and Samuel. Just, yeah, Debo and Kittle are just one two an incredible punch. But but it, I, but it was it the scares, vision. It scares me too, yeah. But, but like you get Debo Samuel in, who was a wide receiver in college, and you're like, no, you know what? When you get the ball in your hands, you're like a running back. So we're going to make you a running back on a lot of these plays. And we're going to find the way, uh, similar to what Arthur Smith is doing with Corderell Patterson in Atlanta. It's having that innovation, that innovative mind to come in and do that. Let me add one more point to this, Will, about Mike McDaniel and, and Kyle Shanahan. The thing that I see from, from San Francisco, it's the type of offense that translates to playoff success wherever you play. Whereas with Dallas, I think it's – and having Dak Prescott and those weapons, they look really, really good in the regular season. But then when things happen in the playoffs and, and teams can kind of study you and, and, like, it means everything, it's – I don't want to say easier to stop, but there's a little bit more guesswork there with can this work. Whereas with San Francisco, and you saw it in that playoff game against Green Bay, not that they were, you know, running up and down the field on them. They needed a special teams touchdown in order to No, but win. given the weather and the situation, you had to adjust. You, yeah. you go anywhere with that offense, with the power attack, with the running game, with the innovative stuff that they do with personnel, 
you're not asking a quarterback to drop back and go through three or four reads and and try to make everything. So what I think McDaniel would bring would be something that would play to Tua's strengths. And ultimately, if he only ends up being a Jimmy Garoppolo type quarterback, you, you see, well, you can get to the Super Bowl. 49ers with Jimmy have Garoppolo. found a way to win with exactly. that. Yeah. And again, personnel so, you put around them, it's not all yes. Tua. This is, no, it's no, not, no. It, and look, I don't think they're far. Look, if you're if you're the Dolphins and you find a way to get better offensive linemen, which is an enormous part of this, which is huge, and yeah. and you add a couple of weapons to to Jalen Jalen Waddle and and hopefully you resign Mike Gesicki. And look, I don't think that Gesicki is quite on the level of Kittle, but I do think that there's some things that you can do with him in the passing you're, game. You're that, similar usage, maybe yes. not production, but usage. Yeah. So I I guess what I'm trying to get to is. If these are your two candidates, it's a no-brainer to me. It's Mike McDaniel because yeah. I, I think there are some more things that are 1A, translatable. 1B. Yeah, yeah, and, and, I yeah. agree with you, Clay. I agree, with, and this we agree. One A to me. If you're going to go with the young offensive line, one A McDaniel, one B Kellen Moore. But listen to the last, or think back to the last what four or five minutes we've talked about this. These particular candidates, specifically what we've been talking about, offense. Yeah, Tua. It's a head coaching job. This isn't an offensive coordinator job. And this it. is where this is where the struggle I have in in a, endorsing it and feeling like this is the route to go because we've been down this route. You know, this isn't just about getting to it and play to his highest level and getting this offense fixed is a huge task for whoever the next head coach is. But running the football team also is. And this whole collaborative thing with Chris Greer, while it's important, once the games start, it's the guy in that locker room managing those 53 personalities and the offense, the defense, the special teams, the issues week in and week out with personnel, the decision-making, the strategy. That is much more than a guy who can make Tua Tunga below better. That is much more than a guy who's had success with regular season offenses like Kellen Moore or Mike McDaniel now in his first season with his 49ers team making a deep playoff run. That is the issue. That's the issue that worries me. And when you talk about the two candidates – while it's great, you know, it sounds great. Like, hey, these are your top two candidates here. They're two young, innovative minds. This is a head coaching job. This is not an offensive coordinator job. And that's scary. Which brings us back to the first name you mentioned. And while we can't end this and we can't just say like, hey, these are definitely the last two candidates. I think Jim Harbaugh is still the wild card. I agree. I think, I think Jim Harbaugh still is a possibility no matter what Stephen Ross said because he didn't really close the door on Jim Harbaugh. He basically said, I'm not going to take him. I'm not going to be the one to take him yes. away. But yes. he didn't say I'm not going to hire him. If Jim Harbaugh wants to be taken away and he makes the decision to leave Michigan, then Steve Ross isn't, isn't stealing him or taking from Michigan. He's just hiring a new head coach who doesn't no longer want to be in Michigan. So when you talk about, I guess if you had your choice then, right, we talked about the offense of young guys, but if you look at the way this is laid out, so if Kellen Moore and Mike McDaniel in some order are 1A and 1B, is Jim Harbaugh above that? In the middle of that or behind that? Oh, see, this is hard because I put it this way. If you were to rank the candidates before the Giants hired Dable and include Jim Harbaugh in that group, I would have had Dable ahead of all of them. Um, and and part of it for because he kind of like checks all the boxes in a ways that some of them don't. The thing that concerns me about Harbaugh is, all right, the length of time away from the NFL and then coming back and like how much, I don't know. I'm not saying that you lose something, but there is like that gap there. And how do you fill it? Um, and, and also you look back at those San Francisco 49ers teams and it was this elite defense. And you had somebody in Colin Kaepernick, man, who just like, he was, 
so dynamic and, and, and elite. And it just seemed like this perfect combination of events to where I, I just don't know. I, I'm not sold on him being clear cut better than Mike McDaniel. Right. And I wouldn't have even put him as, as better than, than Brian Dable. So I guess I would say you could, if you're asking me to choose between among the three, mm-hmm. you hire either McDaniel or Har- Harbaugh and I'd be like, fine. Go get it. At least with it Harbaugh, sounds like you like, definitely I wouldn't know. take. Kel- you definitely would be disappointed, or you wouldn't. You I would. Wouldn't endorse I Kel would. Moore. I would. And and, yeah. I, and and who knows, man? I'll, I'm fr- I'll freely admit that I have no clue because there's so much about this that we don't know. And and Kellen Moore may just be so bright and so good that he's overcoming what a bad coach Mike McCarthy is. Um, but it, I mean, it, that, which is very possible. But it could be, could be, and he could end up being the next Sean Payton, whatever. Um, but when I'm looking at this and I'm saying, okay, I have Jim Harbaugh who has a track record of being as successful, despite the fact that a lot of that success you owe to the players, which you do with any Mm -hmm. team. But I know that he knows how to build a program, build a franchise. Mm -hmm. With Mike McDaniel, I see somebody who's had success with a mediocre at best quarterback and is, has worked under an offensive mind in Kyle Shanahan that is so extremely bright and innovative. And he's probably added his own wrinkles to what Shanahan has done. The, like those check the boxes more than more does. So I guess we'll like, I, yeah. I, you get Harbaugh or McDaniel and I'm fine with it. Let's roll with it. Beyond that, I'd have real questions about whichever direction they go. Well, I mean, the good news, I think for Dolphins who are watching this and listening is that I think that's what it comes down to. I think if they truly want Mike McDaniel and he's their guy, I think they'll get him. I, yeah. I think McDaniel will, will have the opportunity to meet with him this week. And I think he'll, they'll get him. I think if they really want to get him and that's it, that's the way they want to go. Same, by the way, with Kellen Moore. If Kellen Moore knocks their socks off in this other interview and that they just feel he's more, again, when I go back to the point of being a head coach and not just an offensive coordinator, maybe in conversations, they look at McDaniel and say, man, this guy's a genius. This guy's an offensive guru. But I'm not sure if he's going to be a very good head coach, if he's going to be the leader, that guy, where we feel Kellen Moore is. It's a very good possibility. Kellen Moore, by the way, being a former quarterback in the NFL, there are certain aspects of Kellen Moore that are interesting to me, but I'm not sure he's ready. But I feel the same way about Mike McDaniel. In a perfect world, these are candidates in two, three years, not right now. But that's not the way the NFL works now. You go for the hotshot candidate and you take your chances, and sometimes it works. A perfect case, Sean McVay. Sometimes it doesn't. Adam Gase falls flat on his face, gets another job with the Jets, falls flat on his face. And now, you know, obviously he's not he's not what you thought he could be. I will say this about Jim Harbaugh for the conversation of this, of him being the wild card. To me, I call him the wild card because it's such a process to get him out of Michigan. And Stephen Ross has already come out and said he's not going to be the guy and all these things. But I think if you just lay it out, Jim Harbaugh is the number one candidate to me by far. As from He's got the head coaching experience. He's won at the highest level. He's been the Super Bowl. He's a former quarterback and leader and NFL player. And now he's gone to Michigan and done a good job there. I know Michigan fans that are probably like not good enough, but still he's won at Michigan. It's not like they've been terrible there. I mean, he's won at Michigan. And now this year, obviously even advanced more so getting into the college football playoff. But I think the, the, that the issue with me is it's not laid out like that. And here's why clay Chris Greer, you kept your general yeah. manager. If you're saying collaboration and alignment is a key. How are you going to tell me that a strong-willed personality, a man who has led at the highest levels, a guy who has won at the highest levels, a guy who, let's face it, has some ego to him in Jim Harbaugh. You think you struggle with Brian Flores? Jim Harbaugh is going to come in wherever he goes, and he's going to want to lead that ship. He's going to want to be the captain. He's not going to – yes, there's collaboration everywhere you go, but you think Jim Harbaugh is going to come in and be like, okay, Chris, 
you tell me what you want, we'll work together, and I'll do what I can with the players you give me, and I'll figure it out. No, Jim Harbaugh is going to want to be wherever he is and lead the charge. And what have we learned about Miami and Stephen Ross? He's he's enlisted that to Chris Greer. He has faith in Chris Greer, which goes back to the whole point is, you know, while we had this whole podcast about about this whole, you know, uh, firing Brian Flores was the right thing to do or not, the real the real answer was, sure, fire Brian Flores, but why didn't you also fire Chris Greer? Yeah. Why didn't you just start? And if you want alignment, get a general manager. The way the Giants have done it, credit to them, as messy of a franchise as that is, they got it right this time in the process. Maybe not in the hiring, but in the process. Do what they did. The Bears are in the process of doing that as well. Uh, who else am I missing? The Raiders. That? The, the Raiders. Raiders. Raiders just hired their general manager, and now we're going to potentially get Josh McDaniels to align with him. If you want to sell me this collaboration alignment stuff, then clear it and do it right, which the Dolphins, again, are taking half measures. Because no matter who Chris Greer is hires, it's not going to be the straight alignment. Let me give you a perfect example. Adam Peters, a young executive and a well-respected guy in, in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You want Mike McDaniel? Who knows better than Adam Peters if he's the guy? Why don't, why don't you go on and interview him for Get rid of Chris Greer. Hire a guy like that as an innovative mind who's going to be a general manager very soon in the NFL. And then trust him and say, you know what? I think Mike McDaniel's a hell of a guy that could be a head coach. Align them together. But again, you're fitting parts in. You're trying to pull a puzzle that doesn't quite fit because Stephen Ross never does it the right way. So going back to my point on Jim Harbaugh, you're going to fit a giant piece like Jim Harbaugh into Chris Greer and try to make that work. Come on. I mean, come on. I, I was having this conversation ironically when I was getting my hair cut the other day. And, and I said, one yeah, of my nice, favorite nice quotes, haircut, by the way, it looks good. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. One of, one of my favorite quotes is if you want to go somewhere you've never been, you got to be willing to do something you've never done. And the other great one is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Both of those are leading directly back to Stephen Ross and what he did by keeping Chris Greer, which is we like to do this whole thing piecemeal. We're going to fire the head coach and keep the GM when the whole thing wasn't working, but we're sure that it's the head coach who's the problem here. Then a couple of years, he'll keep the head coach and fire Chris Greer and move on. Like at some point you have to say, none of this has worked. So if we want to do something that works, why don't we try something we haven't done, which is exactly what you're saying. Go out and hire an Adam Peters who's worked really well with John Lynch and knows Mike McDaniel really well. Go out and hire a GM who you know is a bright young mind that is just waiting for that opportunity and see who they want and will share their vision and execute it just like the Giants have just done and just the like Bears, the Raiders have just done. Vikings, Raiders. You go down the list of sauces and teams have figured out that if you want true cooperation and you want to really make it work, you got to clean house. You got to start from scratch. And by the way, I've always said, you and I always say, I don't like to call for people's jobs. I wouldn't, you know, Chris Greer, I wasn't calling for his job at the end of the season. But when you fire Brian Flores and you say that there's an issue in house, and then you say, but Chris Greer, who's been here 20 years and the Dolphins have accomplished nothing in that time, is going to then continue to write and captain this ship, then I have a problem with it. Because now you're basically, you're scapegoating the coaches. You're saying that, oh, this guy can get it done. I mean, did there not think to be collaboration when you hired Brian Flores three, four years ago? I mean, was that was, did that just get lost? Well, one of these people has been here for 20 years. Yes. The other one has been here for three years. The problem has existed far longer far than the one who you just hired. Longer. Far so longer, I, yeah. I guess, and, and that's, that's my biggest issue with this is, look, 
find the best and brightest people that you can. Yeah. And, and Peters is a great one. You know, I, I, I do think that with Shane, with the giants, I think he did a really good, like the, go and find somebody who is going to lead your organization first. Yeah. And the only thing I'll say, Will, is if you're deciding that you love Jim Harbaugh so much that you're going to give him the Sean Payton role, which is basically, I want you to go get the groceries too. We'll help you with scouting but you have ultimate control over personnel, then maybe it works. And then maybe Chris Greer takes a back seat and he's the one who's going and doing the scouting like Jeff Ireland is doing in New Orleans, which worked Mm -hmm. out really, really well for them. But you can't keep bringing in a coach and expecting uniform alignment Mm-hmm. when it just hasn't worked doing no. it that way for 20 years. No, no. Something's got to give. And now look, we had this end of this conversation now with Chris Greer. Chris Greer is, you know, he, he saved his job. I mean, Stephen Ross says he has faith in him and he's going to lead the search for the new head coach. So we're having this conversation knowing that Chris Greer has already saved his job. It was Brian Flores who was the fall guy. The next step is now finding it. That's why I think in the end, the top two candidates probably will be Mike McDaniel and Kellen Moore, both of who are slated to meet with the Dolphins this week. And, and I would expect that sometime this week, the Dolphins will make that decision on who the next head coach is. And if I had to put money down, which I don't, but if I did, I'd say Mike McDaniel is going to be the guy because he just seems to fit what Stephen Ross is looking for. A young head coach who will likely say, hey, I'll collaborate with the GM. I just want to coach a team, man. I just want to coach a team and get this going. But we just highlighted for the last half hour the risks that are there. It, I'll leave it at this with Mike McDaniel and with Kellen Moore too, by the way, but more so Mike McDaniel. This is either going to be an incredible hire and it's going to be that next guy or he's going to fall flat on his face and it's going to be another Dolphins disaster. I just don't see any middle ground on a situation like this. Which, by the way, Brian Flores was not a disaster. You had back-to-back winning seasons yeah. with him and you still – But so, there was yeah, no collaboration, no Clay. Clever- they didn't like yeah. each other. They didn't talk to each I other, just- text each other, LOL, heart emojis. Oh. And nobody is saying, by the way, that the last two seasons have been good enough. But no, I think there was enough to say that you were on the right up, track. You were on the right track. And now that track has been derailed by Stephen Ross. And now they have to create a new track that you hope doesn't derail again like the last 20 years have been derailed. Uh, Other than that, the Dolphins are in good shape. But I will say <laughs> this. I will say this. I, you agree with me to end it, right? You think Mike McDaniel is likely the next head coach? If you had to say, okay, that's likely the next head coach? Yes. If you ask me to put money on, I'd go McDaniel. Yeah. Well, luckily you don't have to pay Which, which means, by the way, it'll be somebody we haven't even heard of. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, we're wrong on all this. No, at this point, I feel pretty strong. <laughs> Who's left? I mean, that's it. I mean, if all the hirings uh, have happened, it's down to the nitty-gritty. It's down to this. And, again, we would expect sometime this week we'll get a little more clarity. And Clay and I, of course, will talk about it in the next Miami Sports Pod. Always appreciate listening, watching, and subscribing. We will talk soon enough for the Dolphins finally do make that decision.